and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Wayne Wise. How's it going, Wayne? Hey, Mav. How are you? I'm doing all right. I have lots of stuff going on in my life that yeah. I'm not allowed to talk about yet. <laughs> you know some of it. Yeah. I've had a really crazy, like, last four weeks that is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, no, it's definitely good. But yeah, like, right, it, right. But I, I've had a really crazy two weeks or two, three, four weeks, and it's going to get crazier for the rest of the summer for me. But like, hopefully, my life's going to be pretty good soon. So I'm, I'm good. looking forward to that. Good. Other than that, it's summer, and I'm not teaching. So like, watching a lot of TV, caught, yeah. catch up with a lot of TV. I caught up. There's, been, with, there's been a lot of new TV this week for people in our field <laughs> yeah a lot of new tv and movies i, I mean i saw I saw this movie called top gun me yeah, week, yeah. Which, which was really good and then like as we record which is uh, this show is actually coming out pretty soon after we record so as we record this weekend we had stranger things drop and the ben kenobi show and uh, which i've not seen it but like there's a new star trek show that came out this week or is it last week uh well, the new, last week no Str- strange new world which is the the captain pike thing they're on like episode four of that four okay so it's been a couple yeah. weeks yeah yeah so lots of new TV. What about you? Uh, that's yeah, that's pretty much been my life too. I mean, I little things, you know, car trouble and this, that, and the other. But other than that, it's been just media filled. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. also, I should we should also note because just based on when we recorded, I don't think we know we acknowledged it last week. I am a news junkie, as we know, so I've been watching a lot of very sad, you know, yeah. Texas news. So I've been yes. doing that too. So, so it's literally been like, my life is just watching the TV now, which I mean, okay, that's frequently my life, but you know, <laughs> even more so than normal. So, but speaking of watching TV, I, I watched a film that I thought was amazing. So I made you and our co-hosts watch it and everybody else was busy for one reason or another, but you're here. So I saw <laughs> Chip so and Dale yeah, so. R- Rescue Rangers, the movie, which is absolutely amazing. One of my favorite films of the year. And I was like, we're doing a show on this. <laughs> yeah, tremendous amount of fun. I agree. I, I watched okay. it. I plan on watching it anyway, but uh, when you suggested we do an episode on it, uh, I, I just sat down and did it. So, yeah. Okay, so I was a fan of the original cartoon. I was too old to be in the prime usage. I was in high school in my freshman year of college, so I'm definitely too old for like the Disney afternoon shows. Yeah, very much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, same here. But I I enjoyed them. When I was a kid, my my exposure to a lot of those characters was I was getting Disney Digest, which were I now know were reprint compilations of a lot of the Disney comics that came out from Dell back in the the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. And because I, I was reading Carl Barks stories years after the fact, and certainly years before I knew who Carl Barks were, was. But there were a lot of Chip and Dale stories in those. So a lot of my exposure to those Disney characters comes through that experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I watched that. I watched it in high school and college and was a fan. And then I guess, you know, probably for a lot of our listeners, this would have been their childhood, but Mm -hmm. disappears for a while, comes back and I say, I'm going to watch this. And I loved it. And it was delightful. And it was not a kid's movie. We'll talk about it in in, in details in a moment, but it. I, I just I was struck by the number of cameos in it and mm-hmm. how, you know, well it worked. So I, I put up a, a call for comments on our blog page, uh, www.voxpopcast.com, the early plug. And I asked for people's thoughts on it. And then we had some friends who jumped in and talked about it as well. So I'd like to welcome back to the show. We're going to have a discussion about how cameo movies work with uh, two, two friends of the show. We're going to go uh, to Kingdom James. My Hello, friend everybody. Hey, Kingdom. Welcome hey, Kingdom. back. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me back. And we'll also welcome back Ryan Thomas. Ryan, you've not been here. This is like different for you because the last couple of times you were here, you were just here to talk about cop stuff. And this is there's cops in this, but not exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much for having me back for this. I'm I'm excited to not talk about cop stuff for a change. <laughs> well, you got to talk about Paw Patrol last time. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. but, <laughs> But that was just like weirdly incidental. And we heard in this movie that Paul Patrol did some pretty disturbing stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So here's why I thought this would be an interesting discussion topic. 
just for some behind the scenes stuff with the show last year a movie came out called Space Jam a New Legacy and Hannah and I were planning we were like well we should do a show on Space Jam when that comes out and so she watched it and she sent messages to our chat room saying this is really bad and I was like all right well I'll watch it and then I watched it and it's just like oh this is awful and we were just like this is so bad that we cannot make a show out of it it was just I, I couldn't ask any Anybody else to watch it on our show <laughs> couldn't ask any guests to watch it it was just like this is awful and it's not awful in a fun way to where i can make fun of it it was just like who allowed this to happen and so we just kind of punted that idea so you know there is thought that goes behind the show believe it or not and then and then I thought it, I started thinking about it again when I watched Chippendale because like in my head, I can't help but compare the two of them and go, this is a good way of doing this. Rescue Rangers is like, you can make a movie that is, Hey, I really want to highlight a, lot, a bunch of the IP that I own, which is really a large part of what this does. And, you know, Wayne, you've heard me say this before. I always call it the pointing movie, you know, the movie where mm-hmm. like where I ready player ones is like this too, where the entire fun of the film is going, I, I know that reference. I recognize that guy. Hey, it's the guy from whatever. And this movie does that, but was still fun <sighs> and delightful. It somehow does it well. It, it didn't feel intrusive. Right, right. And when I posted about it, there were a lot of people who were like, oh yeah, that was great. And including, you know, both Kingdom and, and Ryan. So why did you guys like this? I just thought that this was really well done in that you, are you going to take this property at this point, knowing that your audience is, your main audience is nostalgic for it mm-hmm. and 20, 25 years later, are they going to come back to it expecting just another episode of the show that they grew up on or are you going to look at this in uh in kind of a roger rabbit kind of way and let's present a mature version a grown-up version let's age up these characters and and present something for that equally aged up audience yeah yeah, because hopefully our audience is 30 years more mature as well yeah this came out so i just checked the original rescue rangers started in 89 and ran for a couple years so like so assuming you're five when it starts at you know it's been 30 years so you're 35 now like everyone who grew up watching this show is middle-aged right yeah unlike you mav i did not watch it at all. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Rescue. Yeah, and given, yeah given my age, I don't know that I ever did either. Yeah, and I think I was right at that, because I think I'm a couple years younger than you, so I was like right at that age where like, I still watched some cartoons, but I was like, yeah, I wasn't mature enough to realize, hey, you can still enjoy the things that are meant for younger people. Right. So I was in that sort of defensive high school, middle age era of, oh, that's for kids, I'm not watching mm-hmm. that. But no, I heard somebody else talking about this movie and how fun it was, and I was like, I like them, and I like, you know... Uh, Andy Samberg and John Mulaney. I was like, I'll give it a try and loved it. Just fully on board from the beginning. I was actually uh, in college taking animation when this, when the original (laughs) version of this show came Mm -hmm. on, I still maybe watched. If I tell you that I watched two complete episodes of the show, I'm probably lying to you. <laughs> like, honestly, the over under on me watching Chippendale Rescue Rangers beginning to end an, a single episode, it, the over under is 0. 0.5. Mm-hmm. And I'm betting the under. I didn't even realize until probably the movie was almost over that the girl from this movie was not the hot chipmunk that Alvin was in love with. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Oh, man. But I think they did uh, a really fantastic job of creating a story and a world and a sensibility, like a tone that made sense for something that that grown up audience, that aged up audience could probably sit down with their kids and still watch and and have both both uh, age brackets enjoy. And a lot like with like Mav mentioned the similarities between this and Roger Rabbit it creates a world that is not insulting to the viewer regardless of how intelligent or old you are right you know like you you were really able to buy this world just like with Roger Rabbit I'm still not sure if this Chippendale or I guess they're not the same Chippendale from the 50s and 60s (laughs) cartoons I mean I I think you're not supposed to care about it yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. It's because it's weird because it, like it, it, it have to be the in, same, but also not right. Yeah. You're well, not going to worry about it. You know, the one of the cameo, one of the first cameos in this movie is Baloo the bear, who was a <laughs> wild animal in India in the 1960s, and somehow had his pilot's license in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, hold on. I'm putting my foot down. We are not getting into the Disney multiverse. <laughs> I am not going to sit here and talk. I do not want to talk about Donald Duck and the multiverse of madness. I am not saying a bear from India could not have earned a pilot's license in 30 years. I have a lot of faith in Baloo. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of not concerned with the logic of their multiverse working so much as so one of the complaints that I saw about the multiverse of madness movie, and this is not my complaint, right? Like my okay. complaint was I didn't like it. I just thought the movie was dumb. But like one of the How complaints, dare you? well, one of the complaints <laughs> I saw other people make was where people were like, I thought there'd be more cameos because like the, you know, the the net, you know, people just sort of in the rumor mill were like, oh, we're going to see Tom Cruise. Oh, there's going to be tons of cameos from all the X-Men. Deadpool's going to show up and and then you got like one scene with, you know, five cameos, six cameos. And, yeah. and and then they killed them all. And people were like, is that it? And they were upset. And I didn't care about that. Right. Like, I was just like, yeah, I, listen, so that's the same. That's, those are the same people who leave comments on uh, YouTube channels yelling at 12 year old kids mm-hmm. for not updating the their videos. <laughs> and this is. I'm not pulling this example out of my butt. This is a thing I saw earlier. This We were doing, uh, some of us here in, around Toronto, we were doing uh, backyard wrestling streams mm-hmm. for a while on Twitch. And there was a channel of kids, maybe 12, 13 years old, that we just fell in love with because of how earnest they were. And they haven't updated in a few months. And I went back to look and see, hey, I wonder if they've updated because we haven't been doing the stream. And somebody was bitching at them about <laughs> how they hadn't updated. And this channel is a, is a scam. And I was like, wait, wait you're it's upset because 12. <laughs> yeah, you're upset because a 13 year old didn't give you free content. You know, I, and, and there are people who are upset because the character they love. Why wasn't Wolverine in it? <laughs> right. right. And that's I think you you hit on something so important. It's that earnesty that like that makes all the difference in the world. That's the difference between the Space Jam 2 and Chippendale. Yeah, mm-hmm. they really felt like they wanted it. Well, from our perspective, it felt like to me they wanted to make a good movie with Chippendale with Space Jam. It's a cash grab that they're just throwing. Hey, some somebody will hear the Joker was in this, so they'll go see it. Yeah. See what he does, and he's just standing there doing nothing. So here's the interesting thing. Again, as the one person. No, two, because I know Hannah watched him, though she couldn't be here today. Um, <laughs> as one of the two people who actually watched Space Jam all the way through, the, the box office receipts were literally $28. It's yes. <laughs> and the plot to Space Jam 2 is literally that, right? The bat, the, the, the argument of Space Jam 2 is the bad guy believes that, you know, no one cares about story anymore. People will go see any movie that the algorithm makes. In fact, the bad guy is a computer program named Al G Rhythm, played by Don Cheadle. It is that bad. Okay. And he's like, and Don Cheadle, who you can watch and who clearly knows he's in a bad movie, (laughs) he's saying these lines, is basically saying, well, you know, no one cares about anything. I'm just going to make this senseless cash grab and you're going to go see this movie. And I mean, I guess the, the movie is out to prove him right yeah and <laughs> like, it's like like thanos in endgame you know mm-hmm. you know if you're smart enough you realize the villain is right yeah and <laughs> yeah and that's kind of that's kind of what the movie wants to do and it's weird and awkward and and just not well done because there's irony in it in that it's aware of it but then mm-hmm. it still just does that thing and and yeah. it becomes uninteresting whereas i think the reason i like rescue rangers is clearly the ip was important right there's no reason why tigra has to be in this movie <laughs> yeah. tigra from who you know, is a deep cut of, you know, for MCU fans. If you're a comic book fan, you're like, oh, yeah, Tiger. I know who Tiger is. Right. But like yeah. for, if you're for MCU fans, she has not appeared in a film yet. So people might be like, who is this? Unless you happen to have been at the age where that character design was in, a, which was in a Marvel Comics cartoon from about a decade ago. Avengers, Avengers United, we stand. Yeah. Yes. 
And so like if you were a fan of that or if you've been reading comics for 40 years, which, you know, is us. <laughs> some, of, some of us have, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you're like, oh, OK, I know who Tiger is. That's funny. But like what made the movie work was that the character of Tigra in that film is just sort of, look, I'm, I'm, I'm working artist Ali. I'm just trying to <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to get by here. And like it seemed very real again as somebody who has. And, and, and Ryan, I, well, no, Ryan, you're an actor. You're a working actor. The other three of us have been working comic book artists who have been in Artist Alley. <laughs> My God. Oh, God, yeah. And, and, and not just pointing at cameos of characters, but on the wall behind her was the first issue of The Cat, which is who she was before she became Tigra. Yes. And, <laughs> and, if you're, and if you're one, if you're somebody who has lived in Artist Alley, as I, again, as I know Kingdom Wayne and I have, right? Yeah. Like, like every single of that movie when they're when you've got okay so spoilers for chippendale rescue rangers you know when you've got when you've got like ugly sonic in artist alley oh. saying oh i mean ugly sonic is funny for you know for meta reasons for like yeah, yeah. Crowd. oh my but god i loved ugly sonic <laughs> yes, but like if you but like i know for a fact that, that Wayne and Kingdom have been in Artist Alley or Wrestler's Alley for different kinds of conventions in Kingdom. That's, uh, um, we call that merch table hell. Yes, you're right. <laughs> With the guy who is Ugly Sonic saying, no, yeah. no, I've, I've got this big thing coming up. Just trust yeah. me. I've got this big thing coming up. Like, mm-hmm. like, so mm-hmm. many times I've heard We've that guy. Up next to that guy, yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, I've, I've, I've known that with actors as well. And it was so real because I, because I'm betting again, you know, our experience is what it is, right? You know, comic books or wrestling or, or acting, but I'm betting everyone who has been in a career that involves a lot of hustle, which is just a lot of people has been sat next to that guy making those outrageous claims. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, trust oh, me, I've got this big thing coming. It's with the FBI. It's like, oh, dude, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, Ugly Sonic was- might be my favorite single thing about the whole movie. <laughs> every uh, every merch table hell needs a lonely Virgil. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the thing is, it's the uh, the script. The movie itself is so uh, knowledgeable, obviously knowledgeable about the business, all aspects of the business, and absolutely willing to be irreverent about itself uh i mean even just the idea of double o dale <laughs> he yes. gets dale gets a uh dale gets a pilot he thinks that this is his ticket to uh solo stardom uh the pilot doesn't get picked up and you know and he and he, it. <laughs> yeah he ends up one of the one of the subtle jokes that I love is that he's uh, he's in a musical and it turns out that he's actually a guest for a guest dancer at Chippendale. Chippendales. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, yeah just I was surprised they even referenced Chippendale like those Chippendales at yeah. all. But they do it right from the get go, which yeah, is a couple times, a great yeah. way to get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking but, uh, of it being irreverent to its own industry, the Uncanny Valley stuff was amazing. Oh my oh my God. God. When they literally go, oh, he's got those Polar Express eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are no sacred cows here, and that's been, the only thing missing from this movie is a reference to Walt Disney's frozen head in a jar. <laughs> the only thing that's missing. Surprise! There is. I mean, I have to watch it again. I wonder if it's if we just yeah. missed it. <laughs> they really could have Futurama'd him too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. With spider legs, robotic I, I, spider legs. No, he needs to be carried around by a monkey because that. Ties back to another show we did. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. I I was actually and I was surprised by the villain of this movie because I didn't you know look I knew sort of the premise of the movie going in but I I was very surprised at middle aged Peter Pan <laughs> being the villain of the piece that was fantastic and what was the cop's name what was J K Simmons's uh, uh, chief I, know, yeah, I think it was Huddy. Huddy. yeah, yeah. basically Gumby but yeah, yeah. yes the th- that opening scene with him that first scene with him. 
where he Play-Dohs his hand onto yes. a document and then <laughs> yeah. uses a, a cheese grater to shave. Yeah. I think off. it was uh, it was how he dusted for fingerprints. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just brilliant. Just fantastic. Well, and and since we're into the the spoiler territory with this, yeah. the whole twist with him, and at the end when she's like, "You're better than this," he's like, "No, I'm not." that's the indiana jones cutoff i'm swinging a scimitar you're swinging a scimitar and i just pull out a revolver cut it off you know the uh the uh, the rule of yes or the rule of and then in uh, improv in improv Mm. comedy Mm. And I just to be the person who shuts down an improv, uh, a scene and says, no, that's the kind of senseless, just vitriol, the kind of the kind of spite that I long for in this world. And then nothing. (laughs) So is that the secret is the only reason this worked because it is so sincere? Because it is. This is a it's it's a sincere movie. It's a movie where I absolutely believe that. That, you know, you know what? I tried to be an actor. It was a childhood dream. I worked a couple of years and yeah. now I sell it. Now I sell insurance and there's, you know, there are no small jobs, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like I believed in that character. Is it just, does this just work because we relate because of its to sincerity? It? I think yeah, so. is that the only I reason? So. Yeah. I think that goes hand in hand with how I feel about, because you said like Space Jam 2 was not so bad. It's good. But I can really appreciate it. I can watch The Room over yes, and over. God, yes, absolutely. But other movies that like Sharknado, I can't stand over and over because The Room wow. is so freaking sincere. That dude thought he was making an absolute masterpiece that was going to skyrocket him to A-list status and he was going to be a superstar. And that sincerity is in that, whether it's good or not, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying it's not, not. in his performance, you can tell that guy's sincere. He's terrible. He goes for it. Yeah, he goes he's for every, sincere. every yeah. scene. Like when he's up there, you're tearing me apart. You're like, oh, wow. Like that's just yeah. prop up. But, but that's why we're attached or why we are attracted to that stuff, because we're seeing that heart there, whether it's good or bad. The stuff that's just soulless, I'm going to make a bad movie that's going to be so bad it's good, to me is unwatchable. It's just mm-hmm. douche chills throughout the whole thing. But <laughs> man, I there is a part of me that admires Tommy Wiseau for just fucking going for it. Oh, mm-hmm. really? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a fan. I wouldn't watch any other <laughs> movie that he makes and he's terrible. I don't understand. I uh, Listen. I don't understand how Tommy Wiseau got that 15 minutes of fame afterwards. All right. Like, are people still, are people, maybe I do, maybe I don't, maybe I'm just pissed off by it. You do do understand it because, and again, it's it's, it's weird. You understand it because you just made a a reference to, you know, Virgil's merch table. That's why you understand it. And we need to, I guess we might need Um, a little bit of, you know, inside wrestling talk. (laughs) For Virgil, by the way, who's a really nice guy. Like Virgil's actually really cool. Like, like I've you've met him, right? I've met him, and I so I imagine you have several, several yeah. times. Yeah, he's a nice guy, but and he and he's in on the joke at this point too. Is so he? yeah, yeah. Is he? <laughs> see, but that's the thing. That's that. That's my point about uh, about a Tommy Wiseau. Is he self aware? Because I'm not sure that he is. I think he's as self aware as Virgil is, which is to say he's you know so Virgil is famous for being the sidekick or to Ted DiBiase the million dollar million man dollar and, man Ted and DiBiase and, and yeah. yeah and he but he was very much the sidekick and then when the WWF was done with him they were just kind of done with him but Virgil is a mastermind of getting himself booked on the con- at the convention circuit mm. he's not a mastermind at selling anything once he's there but he's very good at getting tables. <laughs> and, and so the joke is always, you know, you'll see Virgil at conventions with no line. And it's Virgil and the Lonely Merchandise Table. A friend of Kingdom and Mine did a whole documentary on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's but Virgil at this point will happily sign copies of the documentary. Like he he knows that he's not the superstar that he might have thought he was originally. But now he's not going to stop because, frankly, Virgil can pay his bills by being at that table. And I think think Tommy's the same way. Yeah, I I think Tommy Wiseau's self-aware enough that he knows people are laughing at it because then he he really changed his tune a few years ago after it got popular and was like, no, I was trying to make a comedy. 
Oh, is come on. Bullshit. Like, yeah, I think he knows people are laughing at it, but I, I feel like he still thinks he made a good movie. Yes, that's exactly where I think it is. I think he and I think it's partially there. And I think he knows he can't do it twice because he's tried to make other movies and no one mm-hmm. cares. Right. And so. So I don't know. I think that there's sincerity at it. I'll g- Here's another one. I gave an extremely and I don't want to get I don't want to relitigate Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness either. Uh, either. I didn't <laughs> like the movie. I didn't like the movie. I, I, I gave it two out of five stars. I said it's kind of bad. But here's what. I, and, and I and there are plot holes all over the place. But you know what? There are plot holes all over uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. As well, like the what happens in that movie makes no sense. I loved it. I thought it was delightful. Um, Yes, it's also a movie full of cameos. But you know what makes the Spider-Man No Way Home movie for me? What makes the Spider-Man No Way Home movie is the scene. I mean, there's other parts, too. But like my favorite scene in the movie is easily when MJ is falling to her death. Tom Holland, Spider-Man misses her. So Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man hurdles his way down to save her, catches her and saves her life. Now, this is a girl that he met 25 minutes ago, but he saves her life. And then the look on Andrew Garfield, the actor's eyes of I did it. You know, I pulled Mm -hmm. you. I got one more chance and I saved her this time. I don't know yeah. this chick, but it doesn't matter. It's just this look of redemption and sincerity because it, like I just watched it going, wow, okay. Andrew Garfield's a fucking actor right there. And I was brilliant. <laughs> and it's just, and, and he yeah. sells it. He sells it just with this, you know, not quite cry facial look that is just wow. like a this is why this guy got to make, you know, all the other Oscar worthy movies that he made this late this year. Tick, tick, boom is amazing. Everybody should go see Tick, Tick, Boom. You owe it to Andrew Garfield. But like, that's a great performance. And he just gives it with one look of his face. He gives an Oscar worthy performance for about four seconds in Spider-Man No Way Home. 100%. That is my favorite moment of the entire movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He is, I think he's the MVP of the whole movie. It, it, as yeah. soon as he, as he shows, I, I like the whole movie anyway, but as soon as he shows up, it is kicked into another gear mm-hmm. and his well, charisma I mean he always got kind of a rough deal. He's a great actor. He's a great actor who it's not his fault that mm-hmm. the movies he got put in are pointless cash grabs. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean that's the thing. He went into No Way Home as the person with the most uh, the most room above him as far as redemption as far as you know there's a bigger mm-hmm. he has a bigger ceiling that he can ascend to than uh than either of the other actors so there's more room for him to redeem himself with the audience Mm -hmm. um i don't know where i was going with this Uh, (laughs) but my my point being there though the difference is regardless of how good or bad the script is no way home is not just a cameo movie and there's cameo i mean cameos sell the movie if you look at the marketing it's like look we've made a movie it's got three spider-men it's got Mm. all the villains come see no way home we threw doctor strange in you know because right (laughs) like there's like it very much is a cameo rific movie but what makes it work for me is that film feels like it went out of its way to be a real story with heart mm-hmm. in the same way as Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit mm-hmm. is a, I mean, it's a riff on Chinatown, but frankly, Roger Rabbit is a very sincere, very watchable film noir mm-hmm. where everybody happens to be a cartoon. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah. but it really is a good movie. Well, well, I, mean, and I, I think Rescue Ranger, just as a plot and the story between those two main characters, would have worked without all the cameos. It works as a story. You are emotionally invested. You don't have to go, ooh, that's in the background, you know. And like um, Roger Rabbit, they weren't afraid to go dark with it. Yeah. Because, like, mm-hmm. again, when, when we were all growing up, kids' movies got dark. Mm-hmm. A lot of, we saw a lot of scary shit in kids' movies when we were growing up. And even that part at the end when, when Sweet Pete is going through, like, his torture bag, and you see that little bottle of dip yeah. Right next yeah. to the eraser. I was like, oh my God, that's such a great touch. And it just makes that when you know, you know how much scarier that is. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you've not seen Roger Rabbit, dip is the substance in Roger Rabbit, which just eradicates somebody. It is literally the worst possible thing. And Peter Pan's just carrying some around. Mm-hmm. So, which, I mean, it comes from the old animation practice of uh, scrubbing mm-hmm. art, painted art off of animation cells to reuse them. So they can recycle yeah. them. Yeah. 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 And I mean, when we were when I was a kid and I saw Roger Rabbit, that was a horrifying concept for those characters. What they yeah. did in this, I think, is even scarier to to deform them and then basically sell them into slavery for <laughs> eternity because they don't die. Mm-hmm. I was a oh, hold on. <laughs> what's your I think we're all going to have the same answer, but what's your favorite bootleg character in this movie? <laughs> mm. I'm just going to say anybody who doesn't say Pooge the fat honey bear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm probably <laughs> lying. I just saw making the rounds through memes and Facebook this week is someone has made now that Winnie the Pooh is in, in public domain. Someone yeah, has made yeah. a horror film. So that's not that far off. Yeah. yeah. When they come out of that tree, I think it's Chip, John Mulaney, that sees the huge <laughs> sign. He's just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bootleg stuff was so funny to me because I worked at Suncoast for anyone that remembers Suncoast. I'm sure we yeah. all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I worked at Suncoast all through high school. And, and we sold so many of that bootleg for like the $1.99 <laughs> videos. And oh my God, every single one of those looked like a legit thing we could have had in our bargain mm. bin. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the company that does the, or they were, anyways, doing the bootleg live action films? They were, you know, like oh, if you uh, come out with, oh, if you yeah. come out with Pacific Rim, they oh, have God, what was that called? Rim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Shit. I, I'm actually yeah. gonna look it up because Atlantic. I think Atlantic Rim is the actual name. Yeah, I'm gonna know. This, and there was like Transmorphers. Yes. I'm gonna know as soon as you say it. Because they got well, at, Atlantic. Uh, I'm on IMDb and I found Atlantic. Rim Resurrection. I'll have it in a second. Don't, I know there was a company. There was a company called Good Times Video. That's not this, the one you're you're looking up. That did all like every single thing that got that as soon as it went to public domain, they put out a shitty like under five dollar <laughs> copy of it, and yeah. their covers looked like they were photocopied. It, yeah. it was the cheapest thing possible. Oh. It's the asylum. <laughs> Boom. Yes. The asylum. Yes. Asylum, asylum, pictures, yes. Yeah. asylum <laughs> video. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they are so. And yeah, they are just. Yeah, shameless the asylum, I found it. And now a lot of the a lot of their gimmick was eventually taken up by the Sci-Fi Channel. But Asylum mm-hmm. exists so that they can make cheap knockoff videos with as close to the same cover as possible. So that when your grandma goes to the video store to buy you a <laughs> yeah. DVD for Christmas or your birthday, she accidentally buys the wrong one. And like, you're disappointed, but they've made their eight bucks. That's right. the entire marketing plan for, for the asylum videos. Yeah. Oh, okay. On IMDb, there are 505 movies Holy as shit. being produced by the asylum. Starting wow. in 1992, so wow. in 30 years, 505 movies. I would absolutely do an entire episode of my podcast where we just read the names. I'll guess for that. Absolutely, sure. be in one of those movies. Well, yeah. just for the story, like I'll, like you're paycheck, but you're but, well, but you're not. Just, you just, you're looking for work, you know. You just read the names. Everybody comes up with their 25 words or less plot summary and then i'll read the actual plot <laughs> we like, could do an episode of that we, we haven't done a game episode in a while of this show we could totally do uh, oh my god what if we know, had I one hijack, i want to hijack and give you a a, 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 a you want to do one you want to do one sure okay all right pick a number between one and 20 and i'll just i swear to god i'll just pick it up 17 random. 17 Tales of a fifth grade Robin Hood. Go. <sighs> okay, Tales of a fifth grade Robin Hood. So it's got to be Judy Bloom style <laughs> Tales of a uh, oh, fourth grade nothing. But we're doing we're taking Robin Hood and we're bringing it. We're, we're giving it the CW treatment. The you know the uh, Emma it becomes clueless. We've got the hot young people, but we're the asylum, so we can't afford actual hot actors. So I mean, hot young actors like that are big names. We can't afford anybody from the Disney Channel. So what or we're actual doing, fifth graders, right? Or actual <laughs> fifth graders. So yeah. what we've done is we've cast twenty five year olds as fifth graders. <laughs> who were, you know, who also appeared on, like, I mean, I can't name any of them, right? But we're looking for a 25-year-old who appeared on one episode of Arrow or one episode of The 100 
or, you know, or maybe one episode of like whatever the hot Disney Channel show is, right? Like, you know, Victorious or something. And, you know, and that's the cast. And it's all like, you know, okay. starring someone who knows Ariana Grande, you know, and, and <laughs> as Maid Marian. And that's my show. And they're playing okay. fifth graders, but they're clearly 25 or 30. All right. Here is the plot summary. And when I tell you who stars in this, it's even it's going to get even better. <clears throat> After a young boy in an underfunded inner city school, Dwayne Black Kid, discovers the head of the school board is stealing money from fundraisers. He organizes his friends together to get that money back where it belongs. Uh, the uh, the star of this, the uh, the head of the school board is played by John Lovitz. Ah, okay. <laughs> I mean, that character description totally fits him. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, type. and the uh, the kid, the black Robin Hood kid is a kid named Chase Brown, who has uh, his entire IMDb is three credits. It's this. It's an episode of MacGyver. Told you. OK, MacGyver, the new one, which is yeah. a remake of starring yeah. hot people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he plays yeah. young Bozer in an episode. I don't know if that's a. Is Bozer a regular character? And he's know. on two. He's on two episodes of a TV show called Ruthless. Uh, I do not know yes. the TV show Ruthless. Good for him, yeah, <laughs> he's he's the star of. Uh, so, what, what year did that come out? That had to be recent. Last year. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or the asylum. <laughs> hey man, yeah, it's working. Yeah. He's got yeah, a mortgage. Yeah. He's got a mortgage. But I mean, you know, there's plenty of other great asylum movies like Ape versus Monster or. <laughs> Triassic Hunt or Meteor Moon. Don't give away. We're going to do this episode. We'll do the episode. We can run it on this channel and on HGC. I and mean, we'll just do a double episode. That Absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is clearly a game show. I mean, like, we can do a whole game. But Oh, my God. Hold up. There's one called Battle Star Wars. Three words. <laughs> Battle Star Wars. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, holy <laughs> Back to the original point, though. Yeah, yeah please. Like, I mean, as silly as this is, right? Right? The reason we brought this up is because they're doing what the bad guys in Rescue Rangers are doing, and they're trying to do a Ready Player One, right? This mm-hmm. is a thing, a thing that you vaguely recognize, and we've got a budget of almost $40, so, you know, like, what can we do here? <laughs> well, and I think, and I, forgive me, I can't remember if you mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast or in our, our pre-chat, but you were talking about, like, why we do, the, why we, we see these and stuff, yeah. and I psychologically we love familiarity like yes. human beings yes. love, even if it's bad familiarity there's something comforting and feeling like that makes us feel at home or something when we see things that we just recognize and i think there's so much laziness that goes into cameo films in general mm. and it's just yeah well, like you were saying like yeah we're just going to throw as much stuff up on the screen because people get to point at it and it makes you feel good for a second but the difference with this film and something like roger rabbit and stuff yeah, there's there is obviously some of that in the background and stuff, but I feel like for the most part, the cameos that actually are cameos that have a little character, or a little thing to do, it suits them. They put thought into it. It's creative and witty as opposed to just look at how many people you recognize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, because look at how many people do you recognize is the entire like that's the selling point to Avengers Endgame, which is, you know, the most mm-hmm. successful movie ever made. Right. Or yeah. it or Avatar, depending on what week it is. But like Avengers Endgame is a good movie ish. I mean, it's I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's I mean, it, the problem with Avengers Endgame is it's an un, we, we talked about it when we did the show. It's not technically a movie. It's the third act of, you know, something like it's an yeah. unwatchable movie if you haven't watched the 23 films that came before it. But like I enjoyed Avengers Endgame and I've watched the movie several times. I've watched that last 15, 20 minutes <laughs> dozens of times. Right. Because I still get teary when Cap gets the hammer every time. Right. And it's literally just, yeah, and that, but like, even when he does, um, well, when he gets the hammer the first time, that's a good Mm -hmm. scene. But later, you know, two minutes later, when they all come through the portals and they're Mm -hmm. just sitting there like, oh my God, it's literally like, uh, oh, and look, 
and there's and there and, and, and I know who that is and I know who that is and I know oh my god it's Howard the Duck's in this yes <laughs> holy shit absolutely <laughs> knew you were gonna mention yeah. Howard the that's, Duck I was thinking it too point of that scene <laughs> right yeah. and I mean it's I don't think it's bad <laughs> I mean, I, like it works for me like I love that part is that I get excited to find Howard the Duck but yeah. then if I'm excited to see Howard the Duck in Endgame, am I being hypocritical when I watch Space Jam and look at like all the Space Jam New Legacy? Because actually Space Jam, the original is fine. You know, Space Jam and New Legacy. I watch that and I go, oh, God, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Like if you've seen it and I know nobody has, there's a point where they're playing basketball and the crowd of the basketball game is just Warner Brothers properties. So if you look on the sidelines, there are extras because they're not they're certainly not paying real people to do this. But <laughs> there are extras of Batman and Catwoman and Penguin from like Batman Returns, you know, mm-hmm. like the ones, the films standing next to Batman and Catwoman and Penguin from uh, from the Adam West series. And you go, how the fuck is that happening? <laughs> like, it, it's almost angering, you know, it, yeah. it's just a, it's just a background thing. And like, I'm irritated by it because the I can't get lost in it because the logic of it doesn't make sense because like the the story isn't enough to grab me, even though I just raved about how amazing it is to see Andrew Garfield catch MJ from a different movie. Like, I like, <laughs> like, I know that seems hypocritical and that's fascinating about it. I don't know that it's hypocritical because the movies that we enjoy that are good films that we that have these kind of things take the effort to make us give a shit about the people, the characters in them and what's happening as opposed to like, Mm -hmm. I I cared about Chip and Dale for the first time in my life watching this movie, you know? Fair enough. Cause I didn't really care about Andrew Garfield from his own films. I'm like, "Uh, okay. Like I actually will say the, this is the best he's ever done as Spider-Man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, easily said. I I have a question for you guys. If you take Chip and Dale off the tape Mm -hmm. and you take Roger Rabbit off the tape, what is your favorite cameo movie of all time? Yeah, mm. I'm putting. I mean, it to- I'm just trying to think of others now. Favorite or the best way? See, because again, I know a lot. Your favorite it doesn't oh, have geez. to. Be, it doesn't have to be the best. It can be something you enjoy. But of I course, mean, because this is the internet. If what you choose isn't actually good, it's just something you like. The internet will shred you. <laughs> right. Genitals first. Well, okay. So again, we talked about like in game. I actually love those scenes in in game are, yeah. you know, that final battle is amazing. Yeah. Who's so, going to fight? Who's going to fight you on that though? Right. Yeah. Is that Snyder? <laughs> so that's an interesting one. Snyder. Okay. So take those films, right? I think BVS is a really bad movie. I've talked about it. It's an awful movie. That's not a a cameo movie. Not by them, but it is by Aquaman and and Wonder uh, Woman and and Wonder Woman and and Flash, which, you know, it's and Cyborg, which are so bad that you forgot they were in that movie till just now, right? You see, I don't know. I don't even... I don't think we hadn't of the seen them as a, prior to that, so they weren't. Yeah, they weren't right. cameos yet because we had never seen them before. There's a big to me. There's a big difference between cameos and a, a couple of Easter eggs because they weren't important to that movie. Yeah. It could have been any. It, they, yeah. they were just something I, I think, on a screen. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's a good distinction. I'll give you. Let me give you my answer to an Easter egg. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you my answer to my own question, and you guys can go from there. Mm-hmm. My favorite and the best. See, now I'm going to plant that flag. <laughs> the best cameo movie of all time. It's a mad, mad world. You know, it's funny. That crossed my mind when you were saying that. And like, it's yeah. been years since I've seen it. Like, is it cameos of characters or actors? But I, I think it's yeah. the actors. But yeah, that was, one of the, that was one of the first things that went through my brain. Yeah, yeah, when I was reading an article about this movie, somebody mentioned that. And I remember watching it as a kid, but I don't remember it well enough to eat. Like, as a kid, I probably didn't even... I, I didn't have the word to call those cameos. I just knew that was a yeah, whole bunch yeah. of but actors I mean, that I had uh, seen before. When, when you think back to it now, I mean, there are a ton of name actors essential to the plot, but mm. then there are a ton of actors who just are there for uh, 10 seconds or less. The Three Stooges, as they were at the time, this is 1963, <laughs> remember? So mm. the good ones are gone. Uh, the Three Stooges appear uh, as uh, airport firemen. Jerry Lewis appears. He's just there for a quick scene 
where one of the characters drops a hat and he's a driver who runs over it. I mean, there's a ton, a literal ton okay. of, uh, you know, like, I mean, what are, what other movie can you think of that has yeah. Doodles Weaver? I mean, Doodles <laughs> Weaver, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so, so my version of that, and it's going to be the same exact kind of thing then, is Airplane. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there you go. Adventure. And I feel like, yeah. and God, I haven't seen any of these movies since I was like six, but I feel like that's what the Cannonball Run movies were very much oh like as well. Okay, yeah. I've seen... I've seen all three Cannonball Run movies. And by that, I'm saying, I just said, I've seen all three Cannonball Run movies. And if you're a big Cannonball Run fan, you're saying, wait, Mav's wrong. There's only two Cannonball Run movies. Oh, you're wrong. Fuck you. I've seen all three of them. There's a third one called Speed Zone. Nobody's in it. It's amazing. Because <laughs> I'm that big a fan of Cannonball Run where I'm like, there's a third movie. There's a third Cannonball movie where only Jamie Farr returns. And like, Burt Reynolds couldn't even be bothered with this shit. It's, 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 it's Speed Zone. Speed Zone is garbage with a hot, super terrible movie with a very hot Alyssa Milano in it. And yeah, I realized she was 16, but so was I at the time. And she's perfect perfect in it. It's it's filmed in the like backwoods of Canada. They don't even use they don't even use Toronto to look like New York kind of stuff. It's just, you know, what's outside the city? What, you know, the, most of the, your cross country race is taking place on dirt roads. Come on. <laughs> and uh, and if, if you go through that cast on IMDb and you're thinking to yourself, uh, either I know that person from SCTV or I don't know who that is because they're they all were, Canadian. They were, they were, yeah. yeah. It's like, I know who Art Hindle is because I grew up in Toronto. You have no idea about the name I just said. <laughs> nope, never heard it. You don't know. You don't know Harvey Atkin. You don't know Don Lake. Speed Zone, eighteen million dollar budget, box office of three million dollars worldwide. Hell yeah! Terrible. I've seen Speed Zone. Ooh, terrible movie. Yeah, a couple years ago, I realized that I hadn't seen Cannibal Run since I was a kid, and I tried to find, could not find either one of them streaming anywhere. There's a, there's a double. There, there's a uh, there's a double disc set uh, DVDs that you can buy that is available. I might know that because maybe it's sitting on my shelf over there. I'm a big fan of Speed, <laughs> speed, speed Zone's the hard one to get, but uh, but um, but because it only came out on VHS. But are we sure Speed Zone wasn't an Asylum production? No, 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 speed, no, speed Zone is an official film that is part of the trilogy that just wow. did real. And- by the way, here's a secret for you. Uh, it won't take much looking, but you can actually watch Speed Zone in its entirety on YouTube. I am aware. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not because you can't buy the DVD. I just yeah. found a movie that I saw as a kid and have not been able to find anywhere just for my own curiosity on YouTube called On the Right Track. Anybody heard that? Heard of that one? No, no, it's not ringing it a bell. I saw it in theaters. It is Gary Coleman plays a kid that lives in a locker in a train station, but can magically every horse race. Yes, I have and, seen this. Oh yeah, my god! It's yes. on YouTube. It's on YouTube. The whole movie. Oh my god! I'm gonna watch the yep. shit out of that this and afternoon. Norman Fell is the mayor of the town. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you one more, and then uh, stop hijacking. As my cat wanders yeah. into her, uh, it's getting loud, and I'm scared. Spot. Uh, <laughs> there's a movie that none of you will know unless you've heard me mention this. It's a Canadian movie uh, from the '70s called "Mystery of the Million Dollar Hockey Puck." Okay, nope, don't know this one. Okay. Now, if there's a more Canadian title, <laughs> I don't know. But the premise is basically that uh, two orphans stumble upon a hockey puck, a hollow hockey puck filled with diamonds that thieves are trying to uh, smuggle. Okay. And it turns into a chase as the thieves go after the kids and the puck ends up on the ice at the Montreal Forum during a Montreal Canadiens game. This sounds like a movie I would have loved as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, as far as cameos go at the end of the movie, uh, you get the basically the entire 1974, 75 Montreal Canadians. <laughs> so if you've ever wanted to see 
Bob Gainey or Ken Dryden or Guy LaFleur do just a little bit of acting. <laughs> this, this is the movie for you. That should have just been the tagline on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we started this with animation and because I'm older than everybody else, back in the 70s, Hanna-Barbera, the Laugh Olympics. Laugh Olympics oh, yeah. are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to challenge that. I want to challenge that you're older than everybody thing. <laughs> I, I saw those in first run, though. So, <laughs> so, did, so did I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're both very old. I think, I think Wayne's actually slightly older, but yes. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, there, no, I, yeah. Laugh Olympics, Laugh Olympics. And, and the premise of those was well, here are all of our products in one one thing i mean that was the the promise of it from the beginning is here's all of our ip well and that that brings up something that i've been curious about and i'm sure we don't have an answer for this but watching chip and dale i was like i wonder if this is the most all-encompassing cameo movie because like even roger rabbit was basically disney and warner brothers Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. seems like this movie pulled from so many places that we haven't seen yeah cameos pulled from before disney owns everything now no, well, they just no. They just, I, I actually they don't yeah. own Sonic. They don't own they Sonic. Had to work, yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually have uh, uh, called up on my uh, home screen right now the list of the complete list of cameos mm-hmm. for the movie and. Uh, it's too long for me to even like. It's another podcast for me to read this list. <laughs> yeah, but we'll look at the show notes. Yeah, just the name of the the names of the companies uh, under the Walt Disney banner. It's of course Walt Disney, Pixar, Touchstone, Disney Television Animation, Disney Junior, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Twentieth Century Animation, Twentieth Century Studios, and Disney Interactive Studios. Plus, there's a host of uh, Warner Brothers properties, including mm-hmm. Looney Tunes and yeah DC Batman's in this movie how they yeah, yeah Batman is in this for reasons yeah. there's a host <laughs> of cameos listed as Paramount Global there's a host mm-hmm. of cameos listed as NBC Universal there's Ardman Animations there's Henson Company there's Sony Pictures there's Nintendo there's Hasbro and then there's a huge a big list just listed as other like a bootleg mm-hmm. version of Obelix from Asterix and MC Scat Cat. Yes. You know? <laughs> That's right. So perfect. <laughs> MC Scat Cat showing up in this with Paula so in the great. background. A young Paula yeah. was there too. It's so yeah. good. And that is the fun of this film. So you talked about Laugh Olympics. I would also bring up Wacky Races. Yeah. You know, basically the yeah. same thing. And it's so part yeah. of that becomes I don't know. What are we looking for? Is are we returning to we like poignant stuff? Because again, that's what Laugh Olympics is. Laugh Olympics is oh my god, it's Yogi Bear and it's Fred Flintstone. How is that yeah. possible? What's even happening? You know, or the Flintstone Jetson crossover, which I watched as a kid, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, part of that is fun. <sighs> I don't know. I'm torn. We've and we've been naming bad ones. Like when we were talking about all of our favorites, we were naming like you know part of the fun of Speed Zone is that we know that cameos are the only thing this has going for it. Yeah. But but I'll give you one where where I think it's a well-done cameo of two films that I think are actually good. One's better remember the other. But Quentin Tarantino's movie, Jackie Brown, and then the movie Out of Sight, which came out a year later. Time favorite movies, Out of Sight. Out of Sight. Well, both Out of Sight, directed by... Oh, Steve Soderbergh. Yes, Steve yeah. Soderbergh. And mm-hmm. it stars, well, it stars Jennifer Lopez and George Clooney. But <laughs> also in that film is Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Hollywood's Batman, Michael Keaton, <laughs> is in that film as Detective Ray Nicolette, who yeah. he also plays in Jackie Brown. He plays Ray Nicolette and they're the same character. He is a crossover character in the books that both films are made of, uh-huh. even though and yeah. the films are made by two entirely different production studios, but they were just like, you know what? He was in the other version of it. Yeah, they're you both know. Elmore Leonard books. So and I think mm-hmm. he keeps everything in the same universe. Right. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so, you know, even though Jackie Brown was a Miramax film, when Universal decided to make Out of Sight, they went and they're just like, you know what? It's Michael Keaton. It, it <laughs> won't be bad. So they just went and pulled him up <laughs> for the Universal film. And he's the only connection between the two films. Yeah. But he's clearly well, the same character and it makes it. That has the uh, Richard Belzer feel of playing Detective <laughs> John Munch. On, yeah. I think on 11 different shows. It's insane. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, crazy. He's the record. It's actually oh. based off a guy that I know. 
Oh, really? Yeah, That's he's because uh, he started on Homicide. Yes. You know, homicide Life on the Streets. Yeah. And the Munch character was based on a real Baltimore City police detective named Jay Landsman. Jay Landsman. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and then they use his name in The Wire as well. And he retired and came out to work in Baltimore County where I worked. And I, I got to know him. And his son was my captain before I retired. Wow. Yep. Random internet searching. There's also early 2000s. I was unaware of this because definitely too old. Something called House of Mouse that aired on the Disney Channel. I don't know this one. It says the show focuses on Mickey Mouse and his friends running a cartoon theater dinner club in the fictional Toontown, catering to many characters from Disney cartoons. And just there was an image of a whole bunch of Disney characters sitting like in a dining room clapping. (laughs) The image itself, uh, I just scrolling through Facebook, someone posted this as a meme kind of thing. Like, why isn't this on Disney Plus? So So uh, I never saw that one. Throwing out another live action one, which... I don't remember how well received this was, but it's got great actors in it. Does anybody remember the player, Tim yes. Robbins? Yes. Oh. It opens with one of the longest single shots, yeah. uh, uncut single shots in Hollywood. It's uh, where the camera just floats uh, back and forth and around this uh, Hollywood lot. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, and I mean, it's a, it's that scene alone makes the movie is not incredibly rewatchable. I don't That's know. kind of my memory of it. <laughs> It was like, I remember seeing it and going, man, I really like a lot of the people. And I think it's, it's Robert Altman, wasn't it? Directed yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't remember it being very memorable other than it's just kind of a big Hollywood celebrity fest. Yeah. But also it's Tim Robbins and he's fantastic in everything. So <laughs> we're in uh, yeah, and I, you get a little you get a little clips of uh, of Brian James in that movie. And I love Brian James <laughs> as that guy in movies, <laughs> you know, just turns out he's the villain in 48 eight hours the secret yeah. villain in 48 hours he was great yeah. i wonder if there's a show that we should do at some point in not cameos but in people who effectively p- play the same character in every movie even though they're just you know like character actors who like <laughs> there's just like so many people who just play the cop or the bad guy yeah. or you know Abe Vigoda is just either grizzled cop or he's a grizzled, you know, heavy to some gangster. But you can find Vigoda and everything. You can find enough characters to fill an episode that are the same character, like the exact same character in different productions. Uh, Like, you know, like we said, John Dulzer playing Detective John Munch. But you've also got Rob Schneider playing that one Cajun guy in every <laughs> mm-hmm. stupid uh you can do it water boy you know like mm-hmm. I mean oh, for the love of God you can find characters who uh are actors who have played the same character over well, and over again yeah, I was thinking also Reginald Val Johnson who is the cop <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yes I get these on Family Matters but also Die Hard and I think he's done it a couple other times <laughs> you know I love when uh when there are fan theories that tie a bunch of movies together as a single universe mm-hmm. like apparently there's proof that all the Pixar movies are yes. one one world you know you said you didn't want to do the Disney Cinematic Universe but yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pixar is not quite Disney <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I like when everything gets tied together so that mm. movies that don't seem to like uh, Rick and Morty and oh, what the hell is the name of the other show? I have like every episode um, name the characters and I can't name Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I remembered a thing. Gravity Falls and Rick and Morty are, are connected. You know, that kind of nonsense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. OK, so to Kingdom's earlier question and we started going down this road a little bit but before we end I want to make sure I get this what is the difference between a cameo and just an easter egg you know how is it how substantive you are to the plot like so in this in this film is Ugly Sonic a cameo or is he too important to be a cameo is he just one of the characters in Rescue I think if they've got lines and a scene then it's definitely a cameo but like, like he was saying before like with Batman v Superman where it's just like you're seeing a clip of them on a screen yeah i guess that's an easter egg but i mean at the same time we consider a lot of the stuff from the the background stuff from like space jam as cameos i guess well because i would have considered scat cat who's in this for four seconds tops i'd consider Mm -hmm. him a cameo 
But yeah. like Sonic and Tigra are and, uh, and they're, are, they're, they're, they're characters. They, they, yeah, and yeah, they have roles. Luminaire. Yeah, they're they're parts of the movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. They're they're uh, listen, well, I, I they're also, being I, drawn in I, from other properties, but they're definitely characters. Yeah. Right. Here, here's the difference between here's the difference between a, a cameo and an Easter egg. Captain America in the Spider-Man film, where he's a, a social hygiene uh, video <laughs> that they have to watch in gym <laughs> class. That's a cameo. He's not okay. essential to the plot, but a, a murky two second film of uh, Aquaman or even worse, just like a uh, a name on a screen in the background of a scene. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. I think you just that's, hit that's something a, for me where like an, an Easter egg yeah. kind of from what you're saying sounds to me. And I, I agree with this now that it's popped in my head. An Easter egg could is more like an inanimate object. Whereas a cameo is more right. a character of its own screen. Yeah. I also I tend to think of Easter eggs as hidden little pieces of information for people in the know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like well, if, if you don't if you don't recognize this thing, it's incidental. It's in the background. You won't pay any attention to it at all. Yeah. If you happen to be versed in this stuff, you notice it. So yeah. Rescue Rangers is full of cameos. There, like there are things in there that are Easter eggs for people who get them that I don't get because I didn't watch. Right. You but, some of this stuff. Do the thing you so mentioned earlier. Might be something that, that skims by me entirely, but it's an Easter right. egg for somebody else. Cat, yeah. like, the the cat comic on the background. That's an Easter egg yeah, right. because it's that, only there. That's an Easter yeah. egg for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Like an Easter egg. Yeah, if you don't example. get an Easter egg, it won't matter to oh, the plot right. or the story or your enjoyment overall. But it could right. add to it if you get it. Yeah. 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 The you know uh, the uh, the first trailer for Morbius. Speaking of terrible movies, <laughs> uh, the first trailer where they've got a Spider-Man poster with, that's been graffitied on in, a, in an alleyway that calls, you know, it's spider murderer. Right. That's an Easter egg. But the uh, here's an Obi-Wan uh, uh, cameo for you. If you see C-3PO in the background of an Alderanian reception and you find you come to find out that's actually uh, Anthony Daniels voice that they're using. That's a that's a cameo. Yeah. And to keep it with in, in the Morbius universe, not that we should ever want to stay there. Morbius <laughs> universe. <laughs> but uh, only shitty place. Like you said, like the, the poster, clearly an Easter egg. Michael Keaton at the end, clearly a terrible cameo. See, there's one time yeah. Michael Keaton doesn't <laughs> make anything better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might be the only time. To, the, to, to the Star Wars thing you mentioned you C-3PO but he has a voice as a cameo yeah. in that last Star Wars movie we saw a clip of the droid chopper and the spaceship the ghost from Rebels they don't yeah. have a part they just happen to be on screen for a tenth of a second Yeah. so those are easter eggs for fans of Rebels but, they, but I wouldn't call them cameos Okay. Well, uh, uh, since you've since you brought up yet yeah, that specific character, uh, live action Chopper is coming. He they brought yeah. him on. They brought him on stage at Star Wars Celebration this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I, there I is saw a that. Live yeah, they're, they're, yeah, and they've cast uh, some of the the rebels for he? the Ahsoka show. I was gonna yeah. say, is he going to be on Ahsoka? Do we know what he's what they're doing yeah, with him? Yeah. Nice. He came on stage with her. So I'm super looking yeah. forward to that show. Yeah, yeah. And they have officially cast uh, Sabine, uh, Hera, and Ezra. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, so the girl Ezra, that plays Sabine looks great. Yeah, well, they've officially cast her. They said that Ezra yeah. and uh, Hera would be in the show. So I don't yeah. know if they've been cast yet. So, so hey, I'm waiting to find out. Because of of Rebels, I've been wanting to see the follow up to Rebels ever since it ended. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but there you go. Anyway, so we're resolved. <laughs> nothing. Resolved nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, and, and this was very much a, you know, just kind of an out there topic. I don't know. Well, if I have any better understanding plan, of this than we did. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Our original plan for the show was to to invite everyone who's ever been on the show to appear for like 10 seconds. For one second, we, just, yeah. we, we couldn't work it out. Uh, King, Kingdom does have an episode of his show that is that like because I'm on it. Like you've got an episode. Your Star Wars episode of the show is basically oh, yeah. that. <laughs> and I, I want to do I want to do more of that. The, basically that uh, I did a Star Wars Day episode last year. And I came up with the idea, I think literally at 1030 at night. And then I just, I went on Facebook. Yeah, I went on Facebook Messenger 
to see who was still online and said, Hey, can I borrow you for like three to five minutes? <laughs> and I asked them, uh, you know, who, what's your favorite uh, iteration of star Wars and who's your favorite character? It was just those two questions and strung that together into an episode. I, I think I talked to 13 people that night and put it online <laughs> and I have plans. I would like to do more of that. I have a, uh, I have a question. I'm literally, I wrote it down on the back of an envelope and I'm holding it right now because I thought <laughs> I was thinking about my dad yesterday. My dad is 80 years old and I would love to get him on my podcast. I just, I know I couldn't, <laughs> but I thought, you know, if I could get, if I could get the old man on my podcast, one of the questions that I would absolutely ask him is what are you curious about <laughs> at this point in your life? <laughs> what is it that you're curious about? And then I realized I'm not going to get my old man on my podcast. I'm not going to, dad's not going to say yes. Uh, so I'm probably just going to do another episode of the podcast where I bother a bunch of my friends and ask them, <laughs> Hey, I need three minutes of your time. What is it at this stage in your life that you're curious about? It's a great question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have an okay podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it now. I'm dying to hear that Star Wars episode. Well, speaking of which, <laughs> Kingdom, if people want to find you, where would they find out about your daily goings on? Well, all my uh, personal bullshit, social media crap, tastic nonsense uh, is available at My Name is Kingdom. Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, yeah, it's all My Name is Kingdom. But I just a couple of months ago, and this is part of the college thing, I started a new I started a new website and new social media for the podcast. So you can find the Handsome Genius Club radio show at handsomegeniusclub.com and you can find uh the Twitter and the Instagram at uh HGC Radio Show. There you go. Awesome. And Ryan. Um, well, you can find me. I'm on Instagram. I don't have a Twitter, but uh Instagram, Facebook, uh search Ryan Scott Thomas. My Instagram is actually Ryan Scott Thomas, all one word. Um, and I'm going to put in a plug for We Own This City on HBO, this amazing show by David Simon, who did The Wire. And I'm on two episodes and awesome. it's uh, John Bernthal is the lead. It's a true story about one of the most wildly and horrendously corrupt police units in the history of the country that were in Baltimore City. So well done. It's as good as The Wire. If people liked The Wire, it's got a lot of people coming back from it. And uh by the time this airs, all six episodes should be out because the final one is Monday. Uh, this will be well then today because this this is Monday show. So. Oh, awesome! So, so yeah, it's tomorrow, and that's uh, that's my episode with where I get to do the most stuff. So excited nice. about it! Awesome! Awesome! Yeah, and Wayne here mostly. I and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places. Always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show. All those same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week. And you can leave us comments on this or any other show. Give us suggestions for what you'd like to hear us talking about. Give us, you know, just let us know what you think about things. I'm always curious. And if you like the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or where the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, that gooses the algorithm, makes us more popular, really helps us out. I would like to thank Maximilian of Vault Form Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank both of our guests for joining us. I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.